1: this is our one of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property; to promote God, family, and country. To do so on your radio, in the traditions of our founding father. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America as our guide. We reject Jesus, or we reject revolution, the it's a Jesus revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you had a God, family, country style weekend i know i did dr scott bradley's with me freedomsrisingsun.com welcome back sir well thank
2: you very much sam always good to hear you and particularly it seems like your voice is uh is improving leaps and bounds over your i feel like rocky uh, i'm getting stronger uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah go play
1: the rocky theme for a while you know Uh, that's there you go that's right (laughs) nothing but positive attitude and encouragement and a lot of hard work, but we're getting there one day at a time. Well, a lot happened over the weekend with relation to Donald Trump, to say the least. Uh, it looks like um, Vivek Ramaswamy dropped out, endorsed him. Uh, Hutchison endorsed everybody and their dog endorsing Donald Trump. The latest is Ron DeSantis, who basically dropped out, endorsed Donald Trump. So did um, wait, wait, wait. I did,
2: I thought. Uh, I thought the old Arkansas governor endorsed Nikki. Oh, maybe did, he did. Did I, I mis misunderstand that? Oh, I mean the no, other thing we've, we've got What's to talk about. What's the other guy's name? What's
1: yeah. that other guy that dropped out's name? DeSantis.
2: DeSantis. No no no. Besides You're him, there was some
1: nonsense. other guy that didn't have much support that endorsed Trump. Maybe it's the governor from I don't know, where was he from? Anyway, I'll have to look it up.
2: Okay, well but yeah, any, I thought. One I thought of them gave it
1: one of them endorsed Haley. Everybody else endorsed the Donald, though.
2: Well the thing is Haley is not Is not constitutionally eligible.
1: Well, that's only one problem. That is the biggest problem, but that is only one of the problems.
2: The vexing infidelity reports, holy Hannah. I mean, it's like they're neck deep and growing. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, you're going to have to be breathing through a straw pretty soon, it seems like, if people keep coming out on that. I mean, you know, she's, she's got
1: a lot of problems. The first one is she's not constitutionally qualified to serve. That's first. Certainly. Secondly, though, she's a deep state, in my opinion, enemy to the republic. And And I don't mean to just draw it so stark. But look, when you do things that undermine the sovereignty of the United States, you are not a friend, doctor. We've got to be clear well, about that. On top of that, she's a young world leader as designated
2: by the World Economic Forum, as trained by Klaus Schwab and his his crowd. And. And oh my goodness! Look at what the world has got from that. Look at those young world leaders, and what they have brought forth. They are disaster. And if she really has that endorsement, of course she's got the United Nations thing. Uh, she's the darling of the establishment. For
1: crying out loud, they've been. Well, you're right, and that's what I mean by, and that's why I'm so blatant about my statements. That you know what, she is an enemy to the republic by her actions. When you go and get involved with global, um. I don't know what you want to call the group because they're not government, but, you know, forced global governance that violates the sovereignty or uh, puts the question of the sovereignty of the United States uh, kind of on the line or undermines it or whatever. You know what? You have betrayed your country. So I don't know what her country is, right? Because she's – and this is the problem and why our founding fathers were so particular about this. I don't know where her allegiances are, doctor.
2: Well, that's exactly – where the Article II requirement of a natural-born citizen is. I mean, she can claim. Okay, now we got to This is. This may sound like a very nuanced thing, but under uh, you know the uh, the uh, Founding Fathers' definition of of what a natural-born citizen was, as taken from Vattel's book, you know you had to have an original um, citizenship. Uh, parent it was the father in that particular instance okay they've cut, they've tried to modify a little bit that that decision but there's a very nuanced statement in there about a lower level than a natural born citizen because that that is what they wanted as a as a president they wanted somebody that was true blue dyed in the wool and, and had no other potential, as you call it, le- allegiances. And even, in fact, if you were a natural-born citizen, you have to have resided in the country for 14 years so that you wouldn't be blindsided by stuff that was going on here. That, you know, or you may have got your head turned by some nonsense while you were living with nobility in France or whatever. But, but the point of the matter is that, that they wanted one of these true blue people. They had other levels of citizenship. This natural born thing was a unique one. Now, here's the deal. Everybody that even talks about this Plyler v. Doe 1982 case, where they say, oh, you get in, in the country, drop a baby, 15 minutes later, the baby's a citizen. So that's that's absolutely nonsense, and we can prove every way to Sunday that that was not the intention of the, the uh, guys that wrote the 14th Amendment. Nevertheless they're still not calling that a natural-born citizen. They are calling that a birthright citizen. Ramaswamy and others have used that term quite frequently. Okay, birthright citizen, natural-born citizen? Oh, they got to be the same, don't they? They are not. And they nobody, not on Plyler V. Doe, not in any other court case that's out there, has ever said, oh, birthright means natural-born. It doesn't mean that. It just doesn't. That has not been the way it is. People need to understand that there are different levels of citizenship. And and Vettel clearly enunciated that and, and very specifically said that you can have levels of citizenship, but they don't rise to this thing of natural-born citizenship. So, so this stuff that's going on is purely Bravo Sierra. And Nikki Haley had, I don't know what her parents legal status is right now, they're probably both citizens, but she, they were not citizens when she was born, and and, and neither were this, uh, what's his name, Cruz's, or, or neither was Rubio's, I mean, neither were Kamala Harris's, I mean, these, neither were Ramaswami's, I mean, neither, I mean, Sam, the, the, we have, we have got a tidal wave, a pandemic, if you will, of people that are running for this, and Americans don't seem to have this clear in their heads. Well, and
1: Americans should put the dots together on this, and I'll tell you why. If it was just one person once in a while, I don't think that they should be president because they're not qualified, but we could deal with that. But it seems like everybody comes to the country, poor as a church mouse, uh, then all of a sudden somehow they're just very, very, very rich and well-connected. And I'm not against somebody being able to make money in America. That's the American dream. Don't get me wrong. Don't mix up the point that I'm getting at. But it seems like all things are pointing to, take folks that don't have allegiance to the United States, bring them here, start them up, make them rich, get them well-connected, and pretty soon, hey, how many of the top 10 folks running for president now are not even constitutionally qualified to run? Well, the numbers, when you look at that, are it just shocking, In the sense that whatever percent of the population these nationalities are or these people are, you know, or the chances of somebody being very poor in America at first and getting rich and well-connected, the odds are so against reality on this that it's done on purpose, doctor. Okay, it's not by coincidence or just by, oh, uh, you know what, that's normal. They're a percent of the population. No, they're catapulted to the top. And, you know, some of them may have good intentions. Like, I don't know that I believe Vivek Ramaswamy has bad intentions. I don't believe it. I think he has good intentions. Doesn't mean he's constitutionally qualified, though. And this issue is critically important. So when Haley says we're down to a two-man race, no, we're only down to one person in my mind right now. There's only really one person running on the Republican ticket um, that really counts at this point. One. Well,
3: well,
1: Donald Trump, that's, that's... like him or dislike him, that's your choice, right? Yeah. Well, let me just, I mean,
2: just, to, 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 this is something that we've got to recognize. These were finely nuanced points for a reason. And in the Law of Nations by Vattel, I'll, I'll, I've got it in my hands right now. I'll read of it just in case somebody said, this is, it. On uh, well, it's in uh, his section on of Citizens and Naturals, okay? It's, uh... Book 1, chapter 19, section uh, 212, for those that are paying attention. And in that he says, uh, There are some states in which the sovereign cannot grant a foreigner all the rights of citizens. For example, that of holding public office, where consequently he has the power of granting only an imperfect naturalization. Okay, so he said back in their day, they understood you can have a, a citizenship, you can be a naturalized citizen, but you weren't a natural-born citizen. And, and this nuanced thing about a birthright citizenship that they're talking about because of the imperfect, imperfect, it's a totally flawed um, interpretation. Of uh, the Fourteenth Amendment, and this we can carry some of this on afterwards. If you, we're going to come
1: back. We're going to talk about it more. and We're going to talk about a new poll that I think you'll find absolutely fascinating, to say the least. We'll do it all in seconds with Dr. Scott Bradley, FreedomRisingSun.com on your radio. All stars are
0: Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8.44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a the lie. Then, the more they use the lie, the more they reproduce the lie. The more spiritual power they get. Now look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. That power protects the cells of the beast from prosecution. Why isn't Hillary in prison? She is protected. We must restore our national relationship with God. Truth is sacred in the kingdom, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9, 6. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries.
2: A lot of people think I'm straining at gnats and all that kind of good stuff. But but this is important. If the Constitution is the supreme law of the land, if we bend on this, what else is there? I've told the story before on Sam's program about uh, the issue of war and, and a discussion I had at a uh, uh, campaign thing where a man says, Well, I know, I know, I know, we, we weren't supposed to go to war the way, you know, the Bush took us to war with, with this whole thing in the beginning of the 2000s, and, uh, but yet it was so important he had to do it. He had to violate it. I asked him, what what else is so unimportant? What else, by, by someone's judgment, allows us to set this aside? We could set the entire document aside ultimately and finally. The document actually says no person except a natural-born citizen shall be eligible to the office of president. It's plain as the nose on your face, so to speak. And then, if you get to the end of the the Twelfth Amendment, no person constitutionally ineligible to the office of president shall be eligible to that of vice president of the United States. So here we have a currently ineligible person sitting in the office of vice president, uh, fraudulently, and everything. We might add and that's a long discussion, perhaps. But the point of the matter is, we have we have allowed these egregious violations and we are allowing these little tiny they're not tiny at all at all issues to wheedle away chip away undermine whatever you want to call it the, the this constitution of the united states and and in the clear plain understanding you know this this law of nations book that i happen to have here by Vittel, he clearly enunciated issues about Lots of things that, that the founding fathers applied. And, and why isn't it defined in the Constitution? It's because you don't have to define the same reason anyway, that you, you walk into a room of your grandkids and say, who wants pizza? Anybody over the age of four know what's pe- knows what pizza is. This law of nations was in the hands of the American founders. Everybody was clear on what it was. In Article I, they talk about violations of the laws of nations it came out of this book and and the people of the day understood it the people of our day do not understand it and it's time for americans to realize every time we law, allow an a variance which is almost every day now i mean every single stinking i mean we could talk about the uh, uh the continuing resolution and and what egregious violations are in that kind of nonsense for the budgeting uh you can only spend money in the united states for what in the out of the you know national government level you can only spend money for stuff that's allowed you can't spend money for anything else nothing else it's it's a it's an exclusionary kind of contract if you will and you know the 10th amendment is very clear in saying if we didn't allow you this power you don't have it you don't have it there's no further discussion but but the fact of the matter is that everybody well you know it's just Health care, everybody deserves that. Well, everybody deserves housing. Well, by golly, don't you know that everybody deserves clean water? And all of those are wonderful things, but not a one of them was within the purview of the general government. Not a one of them. Violence against women is horrible. I mean, Biden and and Orrin Hatch from Utah combined to get that thing through back in the 1990s, and it is horrible, but you know what? So is murder, or so is kidnapping, and everything else like that. But there are only a few crimes that
1: should be considered to be federal crimes, if you will. And this and is would... one of them, and the issue here, in my opinion, it sounds nuanced, and it sounds complicated, and it sounds like, oh, you know, why worry about that? That's not really that big of a deal. Look, Vivek's a good guy, or this person's a great guy, or that person's a great gal, and those things all may be true. But the founders understood something about national security, uh, that when you get somebody with with misplaced loyalties, if you will, uh, at the helm of the United States of America, a lot of destruction can happen. And you know what? It sounds like nothing if they don't take action against America, but you never know when they will or when they won't. And so this this was a fine line, even though it sounds like a little nuanced thing that doesn't matter much, this is a critical constitutional uh, reality. Because if you ignore that, as you wisely point out, Dr. Bradley, what else do we then just decide to ignore? How about if we just say, well, we don't need honest constitutional currency. We just have fake money. How about if we oh, okay, look at the one. destruction yeah. that that has caused? We can look back over 100 years now, a whole century, and say this has been disastrous. Your dollar, which had tremendous value back in the day now, is literally worth like approximately three cents according to, to real money. Uh, and you look at that and you go, wow, no wonder we have thirty-two plus trillion. 33 plus trillion in debt and no end in sight. No wonder we, okay, so this is critical to really look into uh, and understand. Anyway, I I, want to highlight this um, consistently as the election season continues to unfold because it is a critical issue. And I know some are going, Sam, you and Dr. Bradley have hammered on this like five different episodes or, you know, six or seven shows (laughs) as of late. And my response is, as long as these people decide to run, unconstitutional candidates pretending that they somehow le- have legitimacy, we will have to continue to hammer on this, folks. Well, It's the, just that simple. The thing is, if you got five different times, it's probably because we were
2: talking about five different people that have been in the running. I mean, well, that is it the is point. absolutely absurd. I mean, listen to this, Sam. Again, I'm reading out of a tell's book, okay? Uh, the natural-born citizens are born in the country uh, who are born... the those born in the country of parents who are citizens. Direct quote. The country of the father is therefore that of the children. Okay. And then going on. In order to be of the country, it is necessary that a person be born of a father who is a citizen. For if he is born there of a foreigner, it will be only the place of his birth and not his country. Okay. So all of these things clearly understood. And, what we have here is, 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 as we've been kind of discussing, we are on a slippery slope that every single stinking thing, virtually, probably 80%, maybe it's not everything, that is done by the general government nowadays violates the intent of the founding fathers. And again, that Tenth Amendment was clearly put in there as a further declaratory clause to prevent further possible
1: violations.
2: If you didn't get by, the power, Hold on,
1: violations by the federal government.
2: It's correct. It's yeah. They the the Bill of Rights didn't create any rights. Those were all pre-existing. All it was clarifying statements to make certain that there was no further opportunity for the government to go scooch room, wiggle room, whatever you want to call it. Here's the the preamble of the of the uh, Bill of Rights. The conventions of a number of the states, having at the time of their adopting the Constitution, expressed a desire in order to prevent misconstruction, or abuse of its powers that further declaratory and restrictive clauses should be added. Okay, these were not creating anything. Uh, The the right to keep and bear arms, uh, look, we could go back to the Old Testament and verify that. We can go back to the Middle Ages and verify that. We can go back to the colonial period. We can go back to, I mean, all of this existed. The king came in and violated it the king started to disarm the people that were in the colonies. I mean, that was what the whole thing on the 19th of April, 1775, was about. The Second Amendment, in you know its philosophical approach, was being violated, a God-given right, and that's what pulled the trigger on the 19th of April in 1775. And all this stuff about religion and speech and press and peaceably assemble and all this kind of stuff... All that kind of stuff, redress of grievances, all of those existed long before a declaration or a constitution or a bill of rights. They have been with us. They were just, uh, oh, and by the way, the 11th Amendment clearly states, hey, by the way, if we forgot to mention any of these God-given rights, you still got them. It says the enumeration in the constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. You still got them, folks. Uh, uh, even if they fail to to recognize them in any black and white, plain English kind of statement, you still got them. and th- People need to understand this Constitution clearly defined the limits and bounds of the general government. Now, in a general Absolutely. statement, too, we can go to the Declaration of Independence and we can say the purpose of government is to preserve God-given rights. It says that right there. So states can't come in later and say, uh, oh no, the Tenth Amendment says that we can do whatever we darn well please. Uh, no, it doesn't say that.
1: Well, but and the, the important part depend- to understand is there's a piece of paper called the Constitution. And that piece of paper, in my mind, is worthless. If we don't take the time to educate ourselves, understand, and liberally apply. Uh, the principles laid out in the checks and balances, laid out in due process of law, laid out in a delegated authority, laid out in all these fundamental principles that um, provide support for the supreme law of the land. If we don't have it written in our hearts and understand it and insist on obedience to it, then it's true. It means nothing. So there's a lot of people that claim the Constitution dead. It's just, you know, doesn't mean anything. Um, I don't believe that's true, but I also say that it all depends on you know what do the people understand it believe in it and think that it is the best way forward or have we been deceived into believing that there's other ways forward that might have more value or more you know um, solutions in them uh, even good people who love the constitution believe that oh a con con is the best way to go or this or that or whatever i believe we've got to get people understanding where true north is first doctor and until we get that done educationally speaking i think that it's going to be a tough road to hoe to preserve the supreme law of our land Uh, You know, someday it's going to be hanging by a thread. It's going to be in severe jeopardy. And hopefully good, honest Americans through our education and training can step up to the plate and say, no, you're not going to take us off this constitutional God-ordained standard. You're not doing it. And that's what we need to advocate for. Some people say you're wasting your time and you're preaching to the choir. As long as the choir grows and as long as we're providing true, uh, honorable education, I feel good about what we're doing, right?
2: You know, Sam, you bring up a con-con. And there are a lot of people say, Oh, we love the Constitution. Holy cow. We gotta talk about this after our our break at the bottom of the hour for just a minute. I I'm speaking to the Idaho legislature up in the Capitol this Wednesday about their facing the CONCON.
1: So we're gonna talk about money. it all in seconds, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna also come back and share this interesting poll with you. you are listening to the one and only Liberty Round Table Live.
0: Claiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Ryan Daniels. The U.S. is ending the search for two Navy SEALs who went missing in waters in the Gulf of Aden off the East Africa coast. Both frogmen are now presumed dead, with rescue operations now transitioned to recovery. They were reportedly deployed for a nighttime mission on January 11th and were never seen again. The U.S., Japan, and Spain have been searching the past 10 days in a more than 21,000-square-mile area off the coast of Somalia, but have turned up nothing. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is dropping out of the presidential race. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises. And I will not stop now. DeSantis immediately announcing his endorsement of Donald Trump following the decision over the weekend. Meanwhile, Nikki Haley isn't giving up, leveling harsh criticism against former President Trump's foreign policy approach ahead of the first in the nation New Hampshire primaries. She remains in a dead heat with Trump in the polls there. Haley says Trump got too cozy with dictators when he was president.
5: I remember at the United Nations, Mm -hmm. I had to sit him down and tell him to stop this bromance with Putin.
0: In a statement Sunday, the Trump campaign called Haley a globalist who intended to do anything to stop the America First movement. Trump remains the GOP favorite, but faces an uncertain outcome in New Hampshire, as well as a potential uphill battle in Haley's home state of South Carolina. From snow and dangerous wind chills last week to the threat of snow and freezing rain early This week, major metros from St. Louis to Oklahoma City, Dallas, and Kansas City could all see significant hazards from ice today. The National Weather Service is noting the threat of up to two inches of ice accumulations in Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and even Texas. An announcement on Friday says the U.S. Department of Education has approved the cancellation of $4.9 billion in federal student loan debt for nearly 74,000 borrowers. This is USA News.
5: This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's advanced distance education program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job, it will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org.
1: All right, back with you live. Dr. Scott Bradley, Sun.com with me. Right before the pause, we're talking about a con-con, which would be disastrous for America. We really need to teach the Constitution, the supreme law of the land, and have people understand the principles that support that document. We can't just have it on a piece of paper. We've got to have it written in the hearts and minds of the people to understand the proper role of limited government based on principle, based on understanding the checks and balances and due process, and I can go on and on and on. Dr. Scott Bradley going this Wednesday to speak to the Idaho legislative body on this very topic, sir. Okay, um, we're in the... In the um... A large auditorium
2: in the uh, capital. Uh, and the the uh, legislature has been invited, and so has the public. But the point of the matter is that four months ago, yesterday, the California Secretary of State leg- registered a passed bill that the legislature had passed by overwhelming majorities, like a three to one, two to one kind of thing, out of the out of the two bodies. And and they're calling for an Article Five convention, or you know, they call them. Uh, you know, these they call them a number of different things. Any convention we have has the same outcome. Anyway, this sets forth an egregious amendment to the Constitution that they're desirous to have happen, that would limit. I'm quoting from it limit aspects of firearm acquisition possession public carry use of ind- by individuals imposes a matter of national policy the following firearms regulations and prohibitions one universal background checks as a prerequisite to purchase or acquire two a prohibition on sales loans loans my friend you couldn't let your nephew borrow your shotgun to go to a skeet shoot or transfer of firearms to those under 21 years of age. There's some limited exceptions. A minimum waiting period at, for purchase and uh, the delivery to the buyer. A prohibition on the sale of loan or transfer of assault weapons, including the R-15s. Most, the, the most popular firearm in the nation. of And other weapons of war to private civilians. They've defined them weapons of war. So anyway, this passed overwhelmingly. The California State Senate and the Assembly, and the legislature overwhelmingly supports this anti-Second Amendment Article 5 application. California is the largest population, 39 million. They're going to be participating in any Article 5 convention. They'll have tremendous influence, and they'll influence other states to seek an anti-gun kind of thing, too. Here's the deal. Uh, a lot of details we could go into. The Congressional Research Service reports that the okay, the, all of the rules of engagement for a convention haven't been done, but the closest thing we've ever had to rules of engagement regarding who will attend and how the votes will go have been passed in 1971 and 1983 by the Senate in regards to proportional representation of states based on the formula of the Electoral College. Not one vote per state, as these advocates are proposing. California has over, just in their own little body, 20, 10% of the all the votes in the Electoral College patterned in that Constitutional Convention. If we look at Idaho, who we'll be talking to, they have less than three-quarters of 1% okay, now you throw in New York and you throw in, you know, Illinois, you throw in these other large population states that have the bulk of the votes. Do you think there's just the slightest hair of a chance that some kind of change in the Second Amendment will occur? That's just one example of what kind of danger
1: there are in in these conventions. The rules rules of, of governing this thing haven't even been written yet. But Correct. even if they are written and agreed to, once they get there, how do you know they won't jettison the rules or override the rules or change the rules? or What, what I mean is there's no guarantee of that either.
2: No, there absolutely is not. And here's, here's the issue, though. Uh, the Congress will call once they get the, the threshold of, of people that, you know, states that have applied. And they will set the rules of engagement. And the fact of the matter is there's so many unknown things here right now. Just think for a second, if we had California, let's say it was one vote, one state, like the advocates of this are proposing, California has over 39 million people, Wyoming has less than 600,000, that would mean about 64 to one, the Wyoming people would have, each individual Wyoming would have more influence effectively than each individual in California. The Californians are not going to go for that. The governor won't, the Congress people won't, the senators won't, the people in the... We have too much of this mindset. And not that I want
1: to defend California, but why would they?
2: No, they wouldn't. Right? They absolutely would not. It'll be an absolute claw your eyes out kind of battle if California says, hold it, hold it, hold it. We got 39 million people, Wyoming's got 600,000. You ain't gonna say each one of those people has that much more influence than all of my people in my state. It just is not going to happen. And so here we have these, these. Uh, there's so much money being poured into the states to, to get them to sign up for a con-con. And, um, and Idaho is one of them. They have a cast of celebrities coming in there. Unfortunately, I don't know, I'm the only one I know of that's been invited in to uh to come. A lot of these people that come have very big budgets. Uh, they're being supported by the organization that's doing this. I'm hoping to get gas money to go. I mean, you know, it is what it is. It's a labor of love. I'll do what I do. But the fact of the matter is that Americans need to understand this is a very highly organized, cleverly disguised, powerfully promoted effort to absolutely rewrite our United States Constitution it made us the greatest freest strongest most happy most prosperous most respected nation on earth when we applied the principles those categories have diminished somewhat in recent years because we have abandoned the things that were right but the fact of the matter is it was the greatest the greatest form of government ever struck off by the mind of man and here's people I ask you Sam who's going to be at these conventions it'll be the same suspects we have always elected because there are quote natural leaders we're going to send you know uh, i don't know pick pick your favorite one to hate they were elected and uh, they have been representing their state or the you know wherever and that's who they're going to select again they'll be the prominent scoundrels that have been ruining our Constitution anyway. I guarantee, I guarantee not one of the American founding fathers will be there. We won't have a Washington, a, a, a Madison, a Franklin, a, a Mason. I mean, you could make the list as well as I could. You won't have one of those seasoned diplomatic statesmen there that have considered these things deeply. You're going to have socialist drones in most instances. And if California has 54 votes, and there's only uh, 538 votes there, according to the Electoral College, you know, the way it's proportioned, they'll have over 10% of the votes just from one state. And Utah will have six votes, Idaho will have four, South Dakota will three, and North Dakota three, Montana will have four. You can't even put together a coalition And the whole Rocky Mountain West that will even come close to California.
1: Well, the only way you'll have in the Rocky Mountain West is you'll have Colorado and Arizona, both extremely liberal states, and they'll simply rule the Rocky Mountain West. And so you put that with California and Colorado and Arizona, and now you've got, you know, all I'm telling you is that any state that has any uh, small population will be absolutely obliterated. Uh, All the red states will literally, or I'm sorry, the blue states will take over it'll be a blue state convention. Now, I'm not into the red and blue of politics, but I'm making a point that it will be whatever words you want to use for those who don't revere the Constitution. Those will be the people at the helm to change it. If I stand for keeping the Constitution the way it is, I will not be welcome at the convention.
2: Correct. Let me just ask you. Utah is supposed to be the reddest of the red states. And I ask you to honestly reply, and you don't have to name the bad guys, but I'm going to ask you to honestly reply. Can you think of a single one that currently is in office in Utah that you would say, I can trust them to protect my Constitution. Now, if you can't find one in the reddest of the red states that currently sits in office in Utah, what are you thinking is going to happen? All these others that are being sent. Barack Obama will be there. Nancy Pelosi will be there.
1: Boehner will be there.
2: I mean, I I don't know. They may even invite um, Klaus Schwab. I mean, who, who knows? Yeah. But they, no, there's they,
1: nobody. To answer your question, there's nobody that I can think of. There's a couple of people that would be better than others by far. But there's nobody that I can think of that I would completely uh, trust. But if there's um, one, if there's only one, Sam, I mean, that's out well, of who knows if they'll even let him attend. Yeah, but
2: that's out of 530. If you got well, one to come out of Utah, I mean, you are straining so hard to there's come no up question. with a possible— so look at what's at risk, and, and I'm just absolutely appalled that anybody could think this thing and through and, and come up with I, I've come to the conclusion that humanity is probably the most stupid species on the planet because we keep electing the most stupid of stupid into representative positions, but we're stupid for doing that, and we're stupid for following them. I mean, it is absolutely absurd to me. So anyway, I I anyway this this kind of thing at what, what's at risk is just too. Amen hard. to
1: that. We'll keep an eye on that ball. We will get a report on Friday too from Dr. Bradley's speech on Wednesday to the Utah or to the Idaho legislative body. We'll get an update on that this coming Friday, by the way. Thanks for being alongside of the ride. Uh, we got more. I'm going to talk about this poll coming up in seconds on Liberty Roundtable
3: Live.
6: and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation.
1: All right, I got two main topics we need to get to before the end of the hour, Dr. Scott Bradley. The first one is this incredible poll that I found. The Thegatewaypundit.com brings it forward, Jim Hoft, and here's what he says. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Recent polling confirms that if Donald Trump were to pick Robert Kennedy Jr., RFKJR, that ticket would literally garner 60% of the votes an absolutely nearly double what Joe Biden might be able to get. Uh, his totals would be in the tank. Uh, and so uh, this is a serious question as Donald Trump decides hmm, who will be his running mate. Now, he's looking at all kinds of people like Elise Stefanik uh, and several other people. But I think that an RFKJR would be the key to the exercise. They, there's no doubt he brings significant mojo to the table. Uh, and he isn't perfect. Neither is Donald. Nobody on the on the, the stage You know i can vote for with with complete confidence but if given the only choices that we have as far as i can tell he'd make the best running mate for donald that we can find okay
2: sam first of all reality check neither men have an ego that would allow that to happen second of all the trumpsters would have a stroke and the the, the, i mean a lot of uh kennedy's people would too although he's more libertarian People I know, but I'm just telling you us. from my
1: perspective, he'd be the I, best choice that he can pick right now. Can you think of a better choice that's really
2: well, possible? Well, I, th- I think he or running it would assure or whatever a victory. I think it would assure a victory. But here's the deal. It's, this, let's go back in history. Okay. Wheel it back. <laughs> I, uh, I always do this. Bobby Kennedy Jr.'s uncle, Jack Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, uh, wanted to be president. His dad wanted to be president. And they were really blowing on those embers to make him happen. One of his primary, principal, deathly opponents was LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson. Jack Kennedy ran the numbers, counted the noses, looked at the Electoral College, looked at how things were going to shake out. He counted the the potential votes and how they looked like they'd probably go out. He realized he had to have Texas to win the presidency, even though they were the most deadly of political enemies in the Senate. I mean, you know, I think LBJ was probably one of the most vicious, vile, I mean, well, we could go on and on about LBJ. But Kennedy turned to Bobby, uh, which is Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s dad, and said, approach LBJ and ask him to run with me as my running mate. Bobby says some pretty strong words, what are you thinking? (laughs) He said, nope. We gotta have him if we're gonna win. Go talk to him, Bobby Kennedy did. J.F.K. won the won the presidency, and there's some shenanigans that happened there too. The only cheating on elections didn't just happen in in uh, 2016 or anything like that or 2020 or wherever. Anyway, the point of the matter is the Kennedy family has done something like this before, and uh, and if in fact uh, it could be done, I think that uh, first of all I think Bobby. Uh, Robert F Kennedy Jr. is is the only democrat that could beat Trump in a fair fight. And that's that's straining for a lot. There isn't going to be a fair fight. Uh, it's kind of like uh, rules in a knife fight, you know. And so <laughs> it's going to be a hard hard right. hard thing. But Bobby Kennedy and Trump if they were thinking about what they could do and if they both had the best interests of in the nation they both had firmly passionately held things uh, I, I think their bases would roll over in their early graves because it'd put a lot of them in their graves. I'm afraid, but but the fact is that poll probably reflects reality more than anybody wants to admit. I don't think either man's ego would let it happen, and I don't
1: think I know which is tragic.
2: But they're both eligible to be president, constitutionally. Yes, they are. That's one thing. And that's why. Come back to. And that's why I'm
1: saying that you know what? Even though you know, I don't think either man are perfect. I don't know any better combo that is possible to, first off, that's even running. Secondly, that could get a household name, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, I just find that interesting that the the, the, the polling is out there to kind of highlight that reality check. Donald going to search for somebody. Uh, when you look at the short list from President Trump, nobody impresses me as the VP pick that he's looking at. So I'm concerned already about that. That isn't going to go well. Donald just, just somehow insists on surrounding himself. Uh, with people who would destroy the country uh, you know well, by the can, way until he what, can rise this? above that you know donald uh, will be lackluster at best i mean you look at his first go-round and everybody says he was a great president and i agree in many ways but in many ways look we have had more tyranny under donald trump as president more deep state tyranny than we had under any other president in history by far with the vaccine lockdown you know whatever you want to call it covid thing and all that kind of stuff um and we've had more kind of division in the country uh, than we've seen for a long, 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 long time. Now, I'm not trying to blame that on Donald. Oftentimes, it's the enemies of liberty that are, that are marching for all this stuff. But I look at it and go, mm. you know, we've got to pick the right people to surround President Trump. Uh, if he's going to get elected, we better make sure we have a good group of people around him that can uphold the supreme law of the land and, and, you know, chain down anybody who tries to assert too much authority or power. We have got to do that.
2: See, Sam, I think one of the biggest problems Trump has I think his and this, if it's not the first one, it's got to be their second or third uh, thing on his list of importance is loyalty to him, and and what are loyalty I want does to not him? Lo- I want loyalty to
1: the country, I to, the, know. to the founding documents, to, to the
2: Constitution, and the things of our nation are principle of primary. If you're not loyal to the Constitution, I don't care if you would die for Trump. You are an enemy of the state, if you will, an enemy of this nation. Sad and but we true. we pointed out a number. of, But I think that's number one, two, or three on his list of priorities, a personal loyalty to him. That I think that's number one to him personally. Choices. I, think Amen. I think it, Before it is.
1: Before too- the end of the hour, though, really quick, I want to highlight this. Senator Tim Scott also endorsed Donald Trump. So I think it's going to be a runaway for the Donald uh, so if we're not very Rubio, careful, by the
2: way. And he's out of Florida, yep. and he was DeSantis' guy kind of, wasn't he? Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right Now, Roe versus Wade, 51 years ago today, on January 22nd, 1973, the U.S. Supreme Court erroneously and narrowly defined that Americans have a constitutional right, they say, to abortion. I would say to murder. It's one of the problems that we, the people, don't get. We let them craft the language to make it sound you know, not, not, not a big deal, but to murder. Uh, and thousands marched for life um, basically over the weekend in Washington, D.C. And, you know, Senators Lee and Romney both supported. And uh, they say January snow did not stop. Thousands of, and this is what I don't like, they say anti-abortion advocates from attending the March for Life event in Washington on Friday morning. Now, the problem that I have with this is, look, these people aren't anti-abortion. That's the way they kind of make us look like the bad guys. We're anti abortion's a God-given right, supposedly, and all this stuff. We need to call abortion murder because that's what it is. Okay, we need to call, uh, we need to literally highlight this. It's pro-life versus pro-death, not pro-life versus pro-choice. Okay, and so I commend the folks that marched for life. We've lost a lot of ground on this front. In my opinion, chemical abortions are everywhere now. I'm grateful that we stopped Roe versus Wade, but we got a lot of work to do. And state by state, the people are showing how immoral and how they really care less for life. It's a sad tale to tell. But I commend those that are standing up for pro-life and who went to the rallies and everything else. If I could have had, I just got back from surgery, couldn't go, didn't have the funding either. But all I'm telling you is I commend them for making this issue critical and key and central. Sadly, the mainstream press frames it in a very negative way for the pro-lifers. For the ones who want to preserve God-given life, Doctor.
2: In many ways, I sadly concur that perhaps pro-life is even on thinner ice than it was before the Roe v. Wade was tossed overboard. Um, there have been people that have come out of the woodwork that, that this Bravo Sierra that it's a woman's control over her own body. She's got a control over her body. It happened a while before the child was, was conceived. And, um, and the problem is that anybody, at any time you have an abortion, somebody dies. It's either a boy or it's a girl. And that's the thing. It's one or the other. So it's, a, it's not a woman's issue. It's a person issue. A live person, and by the way, Blackstone clearly wrote about this in volume one of his uh, commentaries on the law, Founding Fathers devoured it, understood clearly that abortion was considered to be a crime, and a person before they're born was considered a person before the law at the time of the Founding Fathers, and, this, and the Blackstone wrote this. So, the black robe judges can't seem to understand that you're killing a person today but the Founding Fathers understood that. And, and, and Blackstone goes over that, how that person has legal rights before the law. They can receive an estate, for example, uh, before the law. And they can take possession of that state, uh, estate once they're born. This stuff was clearly understood. The American Founding Fathers understood it. They understood the heinous nature of it. And it went back to ancient law, which harkens back to the origins of America, the uh, the, the good book, the scriptures, the Holy scriptures. So we're at a tragic time in America and I think we're right. well, and I use, I
1: use this pro-life discussion as kind of a, a, kind of a precursor of what a con con would look like. You know, we think by standing at the general level saying, Hey, let's get rid of this. And they do. And now it's a state by state battle. I agree. We're on more thin ice and things they're shipping, literally chemical abortion pills all across the country with the backing of the food and drug administration. Um, Regardless if it's illegal in a given state, nobody cares about state sovereignty or or the laws of a given state. They just believe the feds overrule and override everything. Okay, the same thing is going to happen at a con-con. It's going to look good at first, but it's going to be a railroad. It's going to be a destruction of everything we hold dear, ladies and gentlemen. Just like the pro-life movement is starting to end up being. We have got to call things what they really are. We have got to stand with true, fundamental, God-ordained principles. And we better do it now because our whole country is at stake. Your children and grandchildren will live in a different country than we live in if we're not very careful and make a stand and make a stand now. For Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com and yours truly, we declare we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore a grand old republic, but you got to get involved, make it a great day, and choose the right. God save the republic of the United States of America.